And we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. Me and Ryan back here to recap episode one, the season premiere of Survivor Season 44. What's up, Ryan? It's great to be back. Um, look, it's been a while since we did an episode recap, almost three months at this point. A little bit, you know, they've been starting these seasons, these spring seasons in March now. So, you know, was used to a much shorter time between seasons. Took a little bit long, but we finally made it. Dylan, I am happy to have a new season to talk about with you. Survivor 44, uh, 22 years in. Um, look, I'll give Jeff credit. Jeff was hyping up the premiere, saying it was electric. The season's electric. It's a wild first two hours. I'm like, all right, Jeff Jeff hypes stuff up sometimes. And take it with a grain of salt. But he was right. He was right. This was a crazy first episode of the new season. It was absolutely wild, like in every sense. I, I like, I, I was t- telling people who didn't watch the episode yet. I was like, this was one of the more wild premieres I can remember in pretty much every way possible. Like, I also described this season so far through one episode. This season is like if Korong and season forty three had a kid. It's like, yeah. it's like it has the forty three format with like a lot of the crazy characters that forty three had. Um. You know, people kept saying 43 was a train wreck in terms of that. Like, it has that feel, but it also, you know, has the Korong feel in terms of how tough it's being on these players. So I'm excited to get into it. I'm excited to see if that trend continues or if we move away from that going forward. So, look, again, we got a lot to talk about. Um, Before we get started here, just wanted to remind everyone who is watching live to like this video, subscribe to this channel if you haven't already, Uh, follow us on all social platforms. Links will be in the description below shortly after. So feel free to do that. Really helps us out. Um, and feel free, you know, throughout the entire podcast to write in the live comments. We'll get to questions at the end. And I'm excited to get going. We got a lot to talk about. Yeah, I mean, look, you compare it to Ko Rong. I mean, Ko Rong obviously holds the record with three medical evacs. And while we only have one so far, I mean, this is the record for most visits in an episode. Um, uh, we tweeted this out. I mean, the doctor had the MVP in the night. I mean, that was just insane for the new, for the new guy. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's funny. A lot of people were like, who is this doctor? Like he's new. We haven't learned his name, but like, he's, he's going off right now. Like the guy, like you tweeted guys, I was putting up Wilt numbers last night. Uh, he was in every scene. Um, it, yeah, that it, it was absolutely crazy. Like, I, I don't even know where, where do you think we should start? Where should we start off? I, I could, I could start off by telling you my story of, of watching this episode last sure. night. Yeah, pretty sure. wild. Yeah, uh, so wanted to apologize in advance for any uh, details that I may have missed in this premiere because last night I get back, I was working a hockey game in Philly, Flyers Rangers last night. So I was in Philly, back in New York right now, but I was there yesterday and I get back to the hotel after the game. I'm like, all right, I recorded on YouTube TV, going to watch it when I get back. And I had ordered food to the hotel, but my DoorDash was completely screwed up, took like hours to come and then i ended up canceling it so like i'm trying to deal with this doordash situation while i got the survivor premiere on and i kept like pausing playing pausing playing so took a little bit long to get through it but we got through it we you know read some things listened to some things today uh and we're fully here i'm ready to go but i cannot be more excited for this season and it especially with the electric start it got off to so so yeah so you asked me where we should start i mean like always in case you're new here for the new season, what we normally do for these recaps is we normally start with our headline, which is who got voted out at Tribal Council. We kind of go through the strategy of it. Was it the right move for the players involved? 
and then we go back to the start and we go through things uh, chronologically. And if there was ever a time, Dylan, to start with the um, the Tribal Council headline, it's got to be right now. Because if you all watched, Maddie gets voted out technically by a vote of one to zero. I mean, this. I'm going to read this out from Mike Bloom because this is wild to me, the, the historical numbers that last night put up. Earliest idol play in U.S. Survivor history. Australian Survivor has its own records. First time a premiere that an idol nullified a majority of the votes. This is the first time that a majority of votes has been nullified since Natalie in Winners at War. It's been four seasons since a majority of votes got nullified. First time Shot in the Dark worked. First time half a tribe didn't vote. Only three people voted. And the third time in Survivor history after Sandra and Lauren Rimmer that someone went home one to zero. So Dylan, I mean, <laughs> what do you say to, to all that? Um, look, I did not see. I, I saw the craziness coming because Jeff had said if he, he like released like a promo video on TikTok, I think, and he was like, "One thing I'll say about this: a crazy tribal council." So you know, of course, I'm thinking to myself like, "Okay, Jeff is just hyping it up. Like maybe a guy plays an idol, but like I don't know, like how crazy could tribal council really get in the first? Uh, episode and i would say that it probably can't get crazier than that now, obviously a lot of firsts a lot of uh first time in a while happening um but let's get started with the curious cases uh in this vote so we had jamie playing her shot in the dark and matt playing his shot in the dark yeah. what what was going on there what are your what's your opinion on that I mean, I was sitting there like I was, I'll be completely honest. Like I was cracking up when Jamie played the shot in the dark. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like there's no way. And then Matt played it. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Now I have seen a lot of theories today about why Matt could have played the shot in the dark. Whereas Jamie, it didn't seem as necessary. So I'm curious to see if you buy into those theories. If you want to talk about those theories um, about why Matt may have played it. Or if you just think that he just made the wrong move. Yeah, so I, I think let's go individually. So Jamie, I think the episode clearly showed she was paranoid. And obviously this happens with a lot of first-time players and even returning players. I mean, in the first Tribal Council, when so much is up in the air, you don't want to be the first one out. You think you might be on the chopping block. Your paranoia might just take over you and you want to play your shot in the dark to secure your safety or at least take a shot at your safety. And I thought, and I still think it was not a great move. I think it, it signals to your allies that you're kind of doing the whole anybody but me and you're acting kind of self-interested and maybe they don't, they, they don't want to work with you going forward. If you're just going to go off the rails for some paranoia, I will give Jamie one piece of credit though. Obviously it worked first time that it's worked so good for her. Um, Maddie in her exit interviews. Now, Stephen always says, take it with a grain of salt. Cause sometimes people might conflate things, but J uh, Maddie did say in her exit press that Jamie was one of the earliest names brought up. So Jamie had a reason at least to be paranoid still think she was a little hasty in using it. So that's why Jamie, I think, played her shot in the dark and it worked out for her. Matthew was the interesting one to me because, I mean, we can go over why he used it and was it right for him. People are suggesting, like the theories that you're saying, is that maybe he was using it to signal Brandon to play it. Because obviously if Brandon goes into tribal thinking he and Matthew are on the same page and Matthew plays a shot in the dark, Brandon's got to think, okay, well, then I don't have my closest ally voting with me. Something is wrong. I should play my idol. Maddie also said in her exit press that she, she didn't see it, but she thinks Matthew told Brandon to play his idol, that he was tipped off in some way. But either way, whether Matthew told him or the shot in the dark tipped him off, it was clear to Brandon that something was going awry from what he had heard at camp. Yeah, I, 
I'm, I'm trying to, you know, the more I hear about the theories, the more I second guess of whether it was the right move to use the shot in the dark or not. I'm still leaning that it was not the right move to use the shot in the dark for Matthew. Um, obviously, he didn't need it, but I'm also seeing the theories that say that had he um, cast a vote one way or the other, um, it's kind of just showing where you are, whereas now he kind of buys himself another vote where nobody really knows where he stands. So it gives him another opportunity to kind of play the middle without being caught. Um, yes, that's true. But also, like, is that overthinking too early in the game? Like, you know, if you if you if you think about it, really, um, and again, you know, with Survivor, everything in the new era, especially changes so quickly. So mm. it's like, had he, you know, voted against Brandon, um, I think there's a chance that he could have gone up to Brandon after the immunity challenge and said, hey, uh, I thought all the votes were going on you. That's why. I told you to play, like, I told you to play the idol. Like, you saved yourself. I had to vote you to make it seem like I'm with them, but I'm really with you. Like, he could have played it that way and still kept his shot in the dark. This mm-hmm. just seems like almost like a cop out. And now it's like, you know, nobody at, so nobody's mad at him, but at the same time, nobody st- still nobody knows where he stands. Right. So I, I think mm-hmm. it, it is, it is tough. Um, to me, at the first tribal council, as nerve wracking as it may be, I think you have to, take, you have to make a stand. Right. Um, you have to, I think, establish trust with somebody. He, I don't think, look, maybe I'm wrong and maybe, maybe I'm interpreting this a different way, but to me, it's hard to see how he could have established trust by playing a shot in the dark. Um, so again, and then if he, if he had voted the other way and voted with Brandon, um, then again, I I feel like there's just still ways out of it. Like at the end of the day, you, you have to vote a certain way. Like, so, um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that you don't want to be on the wrong side of the vote, but to me, it seems like a little bit of overthinking. And let's not forget, like, I, I understand that the shot in the darks haven't worked at all. But like, if you are ever in a situation where you where that's your only hope later in the game, like to me, you may you may want to have that, right? So uh, I think it was it was probably unnecessary to use it at the first vote. Yeah, and and look, obviously, you don't. We, we see only a part of it and we're not aware of all the conversations that are happening, especially in a small group of six. I think everyone's name gets brought up at some point. I mean, we, we've heard this from other people in the new era that say, even if somebody wasn't like a big target and they were probably the safest among the six, everyone's name gets brought up in a small group. It's only when you have tribes of nine or 10 where it's really only a couple people's names that get brought up. But at some point, Matthew has to be thinking to himself, like, I, I think it's, I think you're right. I think it's too cute to play your shot in the dark just to um, signal to Brandon to play his idol. I think Brandon pr- probably was told by Matthew, hey, something's going down. You may want to consider playing it. Um, I think the most likely explanation is, and we'll get to this in the episode, Matthew's injury. Maybe he's like, you know what? People might see me as a liability. Maddie doesn't want to go after the girls. If she wants to sacrifice a guy, and Brandon's bigger than me, maybe I just got to play this in case they still think I'm injured with my shoulder. That's probably a good explanation. I think the interesting part of this as well is Lauren, because when you say, oh, it might be too early to try to like not play something and try not to have to vote to show your cards, it sounds like Lauren banked her vote, and we'll go over that advantage, because Maddie said in her exit press that um, Lauren came back from the island and told uh, Lauren and Brandon about message and lauren and apparently lauren and brandon were close and lauren's like well if y- y'all are gonna vote out brandon i don't want to write his name down and maddie's like we ha- i have enough votes you don't have to write his name down at all like you can just bank your votes keep save it for later and we have enough votes 
Problem is, is that I don't think Maddie took into account both Shot in the Darks being played and Laura not thanking her vote. Uh, thanking her vote. Like, that was just crazy how only half the people voted. Yeah, and I, I want to bring up how well I think Lauren played this. It's like she had an excuse to not vote because she told everyone that she lost her vote, right? So it's like, yeah. it's like you know, if she's, you know, coming back and not, not having a vote, it, there's a reason why people would lead her to believe that she lost her vote. And now no one's going to be suspicious of her, you know, having anything because, uh, you know, it, it ma- the stories match up, right? So I, I think that with this uh, bank of vote or whatever they called it, I think it was it, not only is it a good advantage, it's, a you know, if you play it correctly in terms of like uh, how you played off to your tribe, I think it's kind of a pretty good way to get an extra vote without anybody noticing and anybody having any suspicion of you. So I think Lauren uh, played this really well and now she has an extra vote. So that's yeah. good for her. I will give um, Maddie one piece of credit because obviously, as we usually eulogize the people that got voted out, I mean, obviously we can say Maddie, maybe you could argue played a little too hard here. Um, But I have to give Maddie credit, like thinking about it more and also hearing her exit press, even though we said she's kind of, she's she's feeling herself. um, I think she does have a good mind for the game. Because if you think about it, Dylan, no one ever plays their idol the first episode ever. No one ever plays an idol that early. So I guess she didn't think that Brandon was going to do it. And even if Brandon was tipped off, hats off to Brandon for finding the idol and also playing it correctly. So good for him. Good start. Um, Maddie got all the whole tribe basically to agree before they play their advantages to vote out the alpha male, the biggest guy in the tribe, the guy that would help them the most in challenges. And like, basically I'm not saying that he's Jonathan, but like voting out your version of Jonathan essentially she got everybody to agree to that. So I got to give her credit for getting the whole tribe on board. Her one biggest problem, and I, I can't believe she did this, was that she went to Matthew. Now she claims that she couldn't find Kane and they only had a few minutes before tribal and she and she wanted to make sure she had one more number. But in my mind, I'm like, you go to Brandon's closest ally and you know he has an idol. This is going to tip him off so badly. So I think that was her one major flaw that she should not have gone to Matthew there. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's it's also tough to you know, target somebody who, you know, has an idol. Like, I mean, like, yeah. you know, like, and, and, and then, like you said, go to their closest ally about it. Like, well, I mean, this plan could pretty much easily get blown up. But one other thing I want to talk about, and I see a few people mentioning in the comments, is the one other part of this vote that we didn't discuss is the person who gets screwed here is Kane because yeah. he looks like he's uh, the only person left who voted for Brandon. Yep. So, mm-hmm. and I, and, and let me say, I, I don't think Kane will be in trouble because, um, like we, we seem to get like a decent amount of him. I know they happen to go to tribal council, but like we got a decent amount of him. I'm getting good vibes from him. I think he's really smart. Um, I also think like my, and we spoke about this in the, in the preview for the cast based on like his, you know, picture and, uh, just like the answers he gave, I was a little bit worried that he was going to like, kind of be like an outcast or stand out from the tribe. Cause he, you know, seems like a pretty big guy. Um, and he, he's doing a really good job. I think he, he was making relationships. Um, and I, I feel like my gut tells me that he's going to be good in this game and I, I think he'll recover fine. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I think because this vote, usually when we leave tribal council, especially early on, we say, okay, who's coming back to camp in a great position. Who was the winner of this vote? Who was the loser of this vote? Um, and, and while I would say Brandon was the winner of this vote, it's crazy because, you know, clearly if 
a lot of people were, were willing to write his name down. How does he regroup from here? I think Matthew still sees him as an ally because he'll help them in the challenges, of course. I, I wonder if Lauren still wants to work with Branding because it sounds like they had a close bond early on. Um, I don't know where Kane stands. Kane could be in trouble now as the only person to have voted for Brandon. And Jamie seems like a wild card herself. So if Ratu, if Orange goes back to Tribal Council, I really couldn't tell you who I feel like is in the most danger because I could probably point to a few people. Yeah, I mean, I could see them flipping it on Jamie and being like, she's she's a she's a loose cannon. She played her shot in the dark at the first tribal, and she's weaker in challenges. Like, let's let's vote her out. I could easily see that happening. I could also see them, you know, maybe maybe if it's somewhere closer to the merge, let's say they win a few uh, tribals, a uh, few challenges in a row, and don't have to go. If it's close to the merge, I could see them taking the big strike at Brandon. So we will see what happens. But uh, that tribe is certainly an interesting one, and what a wild first tribal council it was. Yeah, I think that I think uh, um, even though he's still recovering from his you know shoulder injury and his foot injury, I think Matthew probably is in a pretty good spot now because I think um, he would have he I think he would have been included in, in on the votes and he still has Brandon as his ally. And I think like you just said, if people want to target Brandon now that he doesn't have an idol, they might just go for him again instead of Matthew. Jamie's the wild card. Kane was on the outs, and even though Lauren I think is pretty well situated. She did catch some flack for the lie that she told that we'll go into. But um, yeah, I think, I think Matthew might be in the best spot on Orange right now. Yeah, I think so. But we could we could get to the rest of the episode because there is a lot to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. So we start out the episode with a interesting open, the Caroline confessional where they showed us the behind the uh, Caroline confessional where they showed us uh, the behind the scenes, which we have never seen before in an opening. Um, and I, I feel like Survivor did a good job in this episode of kind of, you know, for, for a first episode, you know, kind of getting us acclimated and introduced to a lot of the characters. I feel like I already kind of know a bunch of them like decently well for the first episode. So I think that's something that they changed, especially from, uh, you know, like look at 41, which was a disaster in terms of that. I know you had mentioned that you thought that it was like a little bit maybe too advantage heavy, but I still think that they did balance out a good job of kind of showing most of the people. But I do also feel like there could have been less advantages, but we could get we could get into that whole dynamic. Yeah, I mean, look, it's obviously hard. It's the first episode, even with two hours, you still have 18 people to introduce to us, especially, I mean, unlike us who did our homework and we looked at the cast bio, someone like, you know, my dad or my sister who doesn't look into all of that stuff. I mean, this is their first time seeing these people. So it's tough to really give us a good taste of who everyone is 18 people deep. Now, again, I, I think you're right that we got to know a good amount of them pretty well. Like I, I could tell you, I know Carson, Carolyn, Yam Yam pretty well. I know um, obviously Brandon and um, Matthew pretty well. And I, I can name a couple people, but you know, there are obviously are some people like, and I think um, Jay is correct that everybody got at least one confessional, maybe two. I mean, but there are some people who we, we really just don't know yet. Like I don't know Josh that well. We didn't see a lot of Heidi because that tribe won a lot. And then um, we, I think even though Sarah went to Advantage Island, I couldn't tell you anything about Sarah as a person or as a player, really. So, I mean, we are still learning these people. I think if you had less in terms of advantages and other things happening, it would be better. But it's just editing styles. I mean, I think every show does it differently. I mean, Australian Survivor, um, they sh- really they showcase like their stars. And then like everyone else gets like a little bit here and there. And then they get more as time goes on. But it's just different ways of showcasing different people. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, and you know, we have this challenge right out of the gate, you know, as always the reward challenge. Um, and we had a few interesting things happen here. So first off, and this is what obviously everyone's been talking about and probably the biggest story from this episode, um, outside of the tribal council was Bruce who bangs his head literally in the first second of the challenge, just strictly because he didn't go low enough to crawl into the thing, has a huge gash on his head, clearly had a concussion and eventually gets pulled from the game, which was, that was brutal to see. Um, I, I see a lot of, there, there's a whole lot of debating about, you know, they stopped the challenge. Uh, they, you know, it was it the right, you know, like cl- clearly look, I'm not going to question anything that the medical people do um, at all. I think that clearly as, as somebody who's had a concussion before, uh, I know that, you know, literally after like the first day after I banged my head or like the first like 12 hours, I was, I was fine. And then, you know, about a day later, I started popping up with like headaches that I had for two weeks. So for, you know, Bruce to have something like that, obviously you had to make sure that, you know, he didn't have any like internal, you know, head injury, like something that could have been even worse than a concussion. Yeah, so, um, you know, brain bleed. Yeah. 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 It, they, so I, I understand the reason why they had to pull up at that point. Um, and yeah, it's, it's tough to watch. Like, I think a lot of people had high hopes for Bruce. He was the first pick of our fantasy draft, which was, which I mean, that's, that's brutal. Um, so, and, but the good news today is I'm sure you heard, and I don't know if people watching have heard, but I, I did happen to listen to Jeff's podcast that he does um, now starting the season after, you know, the episode ends every week. That's a new thing. Um, he had Bruce on and he invited him back uh, for a future season. So looking forward to the day that Bruce returns. Um, I'm hoping that uh, this is the perfect excuse for them to just make it a second chance theme, but Yeah. Um, that's good that he'll be coming back, but yeah, man, this was rough to watch 12 hours out there. That's it. I, I mean, my, my heart, my heart broke for him. I mean, again, as people, as people who like you and I, who are fans of the show, um, like to go through the whole process, just, just to apply for the show, then to put, put your family on hold to possibly quit or even leave your job for a period of time to go through everything just to get injured in the very first or second obstacle to get injured and then to be out within 12 hours, not even make it a full day. Like my heart broke for Bruce. I'm like, you said, I'm so glad that Jeff revealed on his podcast that they're formally inviting Bruce back. Now it'll be interesting to see for 45, 46, 47, the next few seasons, you know, because Bruce left so early, you know, you could just have a second chance season and have a lot of people come back and have Bruce be one of them for a second chance. You could also argue, you know, if if um, Jeff wants to build up more new rosters for a while and we don't see returnees for a bit, you could argue in a season or two, obviously Bruce has to accept the invite whenever he feels ready to come back. It won't be immediate. But you could argue they could have 17 new people in Bruce. I mean, like Bruce technically is a new player himself. I mean, he doesn't have more than three days under his belt. So, like, I think yeah. you could either have him in a full returnee season of second chancers with, you know, your, uh, your Jesses, your Shans, whoever, or you could just say – you know what, Bruce, this is like, let's scratch that. This is your real first season. It's kind of like Travis Etienne getting hurt in the preseason a year or two ago. So this past year was like his first actual season. But like, you could do either way with Bruce. I Either way, I'm glad he's okay, first of all, no brain bleed. But second of all, I'm glad that he's going to hopefully get his second chance soon, for sure. Right. Yeah. And again, good, good to hear he was okay and everything like that. We also had, it was a pretty wild first challenge of the fact that like, uh, Tika was the purple tribe was up by a lot. And then this is where we really get introduced to Carolyn. She's just 
tossing the 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 pole the the thing up the pole um and literally couldn't get it out but i was just sitting there i was like you gotta be kidding i was like this is unbelievable but dylan her her pants were holding her back she took her pants off <laughs> i mean that and, and especially you saw how not i don't want to say easily but like kind of easily the other people did it and i was like oh man well, I mean, uh, okay, I felt I felt bad. I mean, like like when it came to some of the other women that she was going against, like I mean, she didn't look great, but like I felt bad. I mean, Danny and Brandon just yeah. Well, wonderful- well yeah. Let, let me ask. Let me interrupt you here, quick. Yeah. Was the other tribes were swapping out, so she could have swapped out, right? No. So that's a good, a good question. I don't. Or, or do you have to get one off before you before you swap off? It looked to me. It looked like you had to get yours off before you swapped because everybody else got theirs off at some point. No one else had to swap out. Um, now here's the problem though. It's like, if you look at that tribe, I, I mean, Bruce was obviously hurt. I mean, Carson would probably argue he's not the best person to throw it off the, uh, throw it off the pole. And you could argue how Yam Yam and Sarah and Helen would have done, but that tribe, I mean, obviously they're very intelligent clearly, but they're not, they're not, they're kind of outgunned by green and orange. So I think even if they swapped out, I don't know if, if it would have mattered. I mean, Carson gave them a huge lead with the puzzle, but they couldn't compete with the Dannys or the Joshes or anybody else. Right, right. And re- regardless, they they lose it, but then they end up doing, and, and we'll segue this into Savvy or Sweat, they end up getting the Savvy Challenge pretty easily, uh, it looked like. And obviously they had the right person on their tribe to do the Savvy Challenge as Carson, the right people, I should say, Carson and Helen uh, were extremely yeah. good at that. I got the right answer. So that was, that was impressive because I, 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 they didn't show it as much as they showed like some of the other ones we've seen in the past, but I was looking at that thing. I was like, what? I was like, what in the world? So, so I, I would not have been, I don't think I would have been good at that, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah. So with Savvy or Sweat and um, look, I mean, I, we can get, we can get into this with the new era, but I feel like this is the fourth time in a row we're seeing Savvy or Sweat's fourth time in a row. We're, I mean, listen, obviously the new era, Jeff is trying out these new things and, um, trying to, and he wants the players to experiment with them and really evolve the game in new ways, which I appreciate. I feel like we see the same thing over and over again. We, this is why we, we've been saying for 45 and beyond, we want things to shake up, whether that's tribe swaps, bigger tribes, returnees. We got to kind of move away from the formula. What I will say, though, is that it was interesting how with Green Tribe winning and then Orange getting second, so they got to pick savvier Sweats. At first, Dylan, I was, I was wrong. I thought for sure they made the right choice because I thought, okay, well, you know, it's physical challenge. You get four hours to do it. Um, and by the way, I, I will say Savier Sweat this time. This may have been the hardest Savier Sweat we've seen because I was looking at the rules. I went back and compared it to the previous rules. Yes, you had four hours to complete the sweat challenge. But Dylan, if you like look at like a like a bar, not a bar graphic, like a freaking line graph, it's like exponential growth here where it's like this gets harder and harder as it goes on because the weight gets increasingly tough. And you're worn out at the end of it. So you have to have a really good start or else you're not going to finish in time. And then if you pick Savvy, Dylan, did you pick up on the fact that they only had, I mean, I knew they, they only had one guess, which makes it hard enough. Did you know they had 15 minutes? Yeah, that's it. That's, that's yeah, crazy. I know this was a pretty, it was simple. I mean, it was a pretty small little thing with the rings and stuff. And it was, it was 18, but yeah, the triangles were harder, but they had like two hours for the triangles. I'm like, you have 15 minutes. Yeah, and the the sweat was finished with literally like seconds left. It this was like. brutal this time. Yeah, yeah, and and let let's and, and in terms of the right decision being made or not made, let's keep in mind that the reason that the Orange Tribe Ratu ends up going to Tribal Council is most likely because 
they chose sweat, right? Because you can make an argument that Brandon, and I think this is what they kind of said it on the show. Like Brandon was so exhausted and like dehydrated from doing that, that he was not performing well and basically had to sit down at the end of the, uh, and had to, had to see medical at the end of the challenge. And as yeah, a result, yeah. they, they, they were moving the, those were huge pieces. And, and basically, you know, that's one less person, your biggest, your strongest player, a former NFL player who is now not moving the pieces. So it makes it harder to do the puzzle. And it basically was a chain reaction that led to them losing the immunity challenge. So I think that's something that if they keep doing the savvier sweat thing, which I don't know how much longer they're going to do it at this point. Um, Cause it's already been four seasons straight. So I'll have to see, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that if they do do it in the future, people should consider. I think hindsight 2020, I think because of that reason, Ratu Orange should have chose Savvy. Now, granted, I think the biggest reason they didn't was because they probably didn't think they were equipped enough to handle the, the, the Savvy challenge. And even though giving it to Carson and Helen was the mistake because they were very good at that, um, I guess in my mind, it's like they should have just taken the savvy. They probably were just scared of it because they only got one guess. Um, and I think having only one guess in 15 minutes just scared them off of it. But imagine Purple doing that challenge because Bruce wouldn't have done it with his condition. Bruce was not going to do that. So who would you have had do it? Like Yam Yam and Carson, Yam Yam and Sarah? Like I actually think that even if orange had gotten theirs wrong, I don't even know if purple would have finished if they had. Yeah. I, I don't think they would have finished without Bruce. Oof. Yikes. <laughs> um, but yeah, to move on to other stuff that happened in the episode that I would say is pretty relevant is Matthew. Uh, we find, we saw the moment that they showed in the preview for the season. And that was Matthew climbing the rocks and falling on the rocks. <laughs> Tell me if this is a hot take, by the way, because I, 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 Rob and Stephen went at this on the, on the know-it-alls last night, and I, I'm curious what your thought is. Yeah. Production's got to stop them from doing this. Like, you could argue Survivors and Adventure, you know, Colby and Lex and All-Stars used to go cliff diving off the rocks into the water, and, you know, Angelina's looking for idols on, like, mini cliffs and stuff. But, like, there is no way, from a liability perspective, if Matthew falls and breaks his arm or hits his head and dies, like, the show's over. Like... What, what do, do you agree that production should not let them do this? Like when you are climbing that t- stone pillar and nothing is up there at all that you could use, like should production even let, let Matthew do this in the first place? So it's funny, Jeff, literally, I, again, I, I, don't, I don't know if you, you said you didn't listen yet to Jeff's podcast. Only right? part. I didn't, not the whole thing, only parts. So, okay. He actually addressed this in the podcast. He said, quote, we're never going to stop somebody from doing that. We want people who are going to live out their adventure, like he said, um, which is he's like, the only thing we'll do is send drones over to, to shoot the camera. I was like, wow, that's pretty crazy. Now, do I think he should be stopped? No. Do I think that he should have more uh, intelligence not to do that? Yes. That was a crazy, careless moment. Like what what was the, what were you gaining from that? There was there was nothing to gain. So I think that you just got to be smarter when you know, you know, you and, and, and people made a good point. I think I was listening to another podcast and they said, you literally just saw Bruce get hurt in the first in the first uh, challenge. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I guess I see the point that you that you and Steven are making, which is like, look, if the survivor's an adventure and you're out here to have an adventure, like y- you can't really stop them from doing that. Granted, once someone gets severely injured, I think they will stop it then. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I guess that's fair if you want them to 
play hard and just explore and do things. But like people are saying in the chats, he goes, I'm going to go forage for stuff. Nothing's on top of that rock that you could use. Like, I don't know what he was thinking about going up there. Maybe he just wanted that full survivor experience like Ohio State says. But like, yeah, you just got to read the room, dude. Like, I mean, I, I love Matthew. I think Matthew will be, will be fun to watch. But you just saw Bruce get hurt. You, I mean, your tribe clearly – there's confessionals of Maddie saying, you know, Matthew is – leading our tribe right now if he's not here we're kind of screwed you got to be smarter than that and the, the, the crazy thing dylan was that i saw his arm go into the sling after the medical came and they were like all right you know what you're fine um but like you know keep your arm in a sling i thought he was maybe going to go for a tyson type of approach from blood versus water and kind of like nurse his injury and say oh i'm not that big of a threat i'm going to kind of play it off and it's fine but Matthew, I guess just being the kind of guy that he is, there's a secret scene. We actually had two secret scenes, one with Matthew and one with Claire. We can get to Claire in a bit later. But Matthew was like, I don't want to appear weak to my tribe. I want to show them that I can still do things that they need me to. And I don't want to appear weak to the other tribes because I, I don't want them to like know about like our dynamics or I don't want them to think I'm on the outs or whatever, um, or whatever his reasoning was. But I thought he was going to milk it, but it seems like he wants to get back to how he was right away. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I probably would have milked it a little bit also, but like it is it is interesting, right? You, at the same time, you don't want to see it's different because people had seen Tyson before, so they had preconceived uh, assumptions of what he would be like or what he is. Whereas this, it's like, all right, he's a brand new player. So like there's no, whereas Tyson, they could have like brought up or like maybe, you know, some of them knew each other before season 27 mm -hmm. and they were like, oh, well, based on what I know about Tyson, I know I should keep him in the game no matter what. This, it's like, all right, well, if you do play, if you do, you know, milk it a little bit, then people could just say you're a liability. Like I can vote you out. I don't know. I don't know you at all. Right. So I think mm -hmm. that, you know, it, it's, it's a tough call for sure. Um, I don't fault anybody anyway, or what they would decide in that situation. But uh, mm -hmm. we let's, let's fast forward a little bit here to I, one of the bigger parts of the episode. And we kind of already talked about one of the advantages, but we had another journey in this episode, which we've had in pretty much every premiere in the new era so far um oh well actually something we skipped actually you know what before we get to the journey let's talk about the um cage the, item the bird cage yeah okay because we didn't talk about the bird so cage. yeah i, I want to ask you what are your what oh sorry i, I think you i think you froze what'd you say i said let's talk about the bird cage bird cage yeah so I want to know what your thoughts on this are. Like I saw this in the preseason. I saw Mar uh, inside survivor Martin Holmes say that this was going to be a new twist, that idols would be public and locked in their cages. Um, I like it. I'm curious what your thoughts are, but I like this new shift to it. I think there's a lot of different. Ryan froze, I believe. Let me see. All right, Ryan. Um, Wait, am I frozen, or I, I think you're frozen on my screen? Oh, maybe I was frozen. All right, <laughs> whatever it was, we lost connection for like a brief second, but I think we're back. Okay, we good now? Yeah, uh, I don't know if you heard my thoughts, but long story short, what are your thoughts on the cage idol? Okay, cool, cool. Hopefully, connection's uh, good from here on out. Um, mm -hmm. I would say that in terms of the. Uh, cage idol at first i texted my brother so i was texting my brother like live updates as i uh was you know watching the episode because he had watched before me i told you i watched a little bit late and i my first instinct was to text him and be like uh and be like this is the dumbest thing ever like what are they just putting idols out in the in the in the middle of it 
And then I thought about it more the way it played out. And I was like, I do like this, but let's talk about the situation that happened because I have a lot to say about that. And I'll just, I'll just get started right away. So obviously Brandon in the episode ends up finding the key. He was with Maddie and Maddie, he tried to hide it from Maddie, but then Maddie kind of saw him. So he had to tell her that caused like distrust between them. She didn't want, uh, she didn't want uh, him. She didn't want to work with him. He didn't want to work with her. It was like, they kind of like begrudgingly spoke about it. Right. And then he wanted to tell everybody else. And Maddie was like, no, why we tell everyone else? Can we keep it? And then all of a sudden he just yells and is like, we found it. Now, let me just say, how many times in the new era are we going to watch people give away information that they don't need to give up? Like, I understand if maybe he figured that Maddie was going to tell everyone anyway. Um, he may as well just tell everyone. But it's like, I mean, come on, man. It, that that was brutal, and I, and I'm sure. And he told us he's like, I made a mistake. Once he pulled out that idol in front of everybody, and not only does it come with an idol, it has a fake one also. That's a powerful, powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Here's what I would have done, and we could discuss what you would have done, what you think Brandon should have done, etc. But here's what I would have done. I w- if I had found the key, not only do I keep it to myself, okay. I would have opened it in the middle of the night when nobody was looking. Okay. Then, and again, you don't have to do it right away. You could do it either, you know, you could keep it to yourself or obviously they went to tribal council. So it was in his best interest to open it, but I would have opened it in the middle of the night when nobody saw, um, would have saw that it was an idol and a fake idol. I would have either, I would have probably taken the fake idol. No, I would have taken the real idol in my pocket left the fake idol in there so it'll still look like something's in the bag and then you mm-hmm. relock it up to make it seem like it hasn't been touched now the, i don't know more details about this this is something you would have to ask the actual members of the cast is this like the type of thing that once you unlock it it's just like open and you can't like relock it or is it, mm-hmm. like a lock that you can just like push shut again once you open it because if so that's what i would do um and i'm so curious to see what happens on the other two tribes when they find the key I swear, if these other two tribes tell everybody about it, I'd be like, come on, man. And you heard, I, I was hoping Kane found it because he's like, oh, I'm not, he's like, I'm not opening it right away. Like I keep it, to, I keep the key to myself. Like, I don't want people to be sharing this information because, you know, and I don't play when Brandon plays it and everybody knows it's coming is a lot less exciting than, you know, somebody not knowing that the cage was opened and then boom, mm-hmm. idols come out. Yeah, I mean, I think this is really interesting. I mean, we granted, like you said, we don't know all the logistics. We don't know if you can relock it, if the lock won't fully close again so people can see it's been open. I mean, someone, I forget who it was, someone on, on Australian Survivor, I think, said they had something similar in their season and you couldn't physically close it, close it again. So that, that's one thing. Number two is we don't know like if you can move the cage as the cage like locked where it is i agree with you i think because it came with the fake one the right move if you get it by yourself obviously brandon was in the vicinity of maddie i think the right move is to lock up the fake one in there and you keep the real one and someone else happens to find it finds it or somehow breaks it open they'll have a fake one if it didn't come with a fake one i was saying maybe like take the idol and fill the bag with rocks and lock it back up so they, so they think it's still there but it's actually gone um either way i'm really excited to see what happens with the other two tribes that they find it i think brandon even though he says he made a mistake i feel like he did the only thing he really could do in that moment because like people are saying in the chat 
Maddie like wasn't really sure what Brandon found, but it looked like she was aware he put something in his pockets and he could have played it off. So like, I didn't find anything, whatever he could have maybe like, like stepped on it and like turned out his pockets inside out and says, I don't have anything. He could have gotten away with it. But once he was like, you know what, I'm going to come clean and talk to her. This is what Steven says. Like, great. You know, you're building trust between two people. You're sharing some information. Granted, I think, I don't think you should, you should share anything, but it builds that bond. The problem is that, and they, they wanted to work together initially, Maddie said, but then when she wanted to keep it a secret and he wanted to tell other people, they were like, you know, we can't work with each other anymore. I think Brandon made the right move because at that point, once Maddie knows that it's a key to the cage and granted they haven't opened it up yet, I think he's got to just tell people because at this point, if he doesn't tell people, she controls the narrative. I think he wanted to control the narrative and say, Hey, we found it. Let's up. This is a new twist to survivor. Let's open this up together. Oh, I thought it was rice for the tribe. Oh, it's actually an idol. Oh, I didn't know that. Like granted that put a target on his back, but now that he he's played it immediately, I, I hope that I got the target off of his back now. But at that point, if you let Maddie control the narrative and go back to camp and say, Brandon found something, he put it in his pockets. He didn't want to tell you guys like Maddie could lie and say, he didn't want to tell you guys when secretly he actually did. So like, I think he wanted to get out in front of the story. Yeah, I, I do get that aspect. Um, also, let, let's be honest. It ended up working out all right for him. Like, he saved yeah. himself. He got Maddie out. And now he doesn't have the target on his back um, of having an idol. Like, I think that's the best thing that happens. Like, if, if everyone knows you have an idol and you just get rid of it, especially in this new era, that's probably the best thing that could happen. Um, that being said, like, it, it does hurt that, like, he can't use that fake idol later in the game, you know? Uh, even if he's talking to other tribe members, unless he's, like, unless this tribe gets, like, whittled down so much to the point where like um brandon ends up being with like one or two other players at the merge and they keep that secret of the fake idol then like i feel like he can't play it on other people plus um they're probably gonna have the same thing so it's that whole thing again where like the other tribes are gonna start to catch on about that this idol's fake this idol's real so it it, it all becomes com like tough but we'll see what happens with it um let's get to uh the advantage island so the journey happens um journey that we've had pretty much every single premiere in the new era and look it was a game of chance and we can break down we can break down the math here right so you had to draw into a bag okay and, and let's just recap it was uh sarah who went for tika it was lauren who went for ratu and it was who is the what matt Okay, and Matt went, right. So they had to draw the bag, and there was three notes in there. They had to draw it, right? Mm. So one note gives you the advantage. The other two mm. notes say that you can't vote at the next tribal council. However, if you get that you can't vote the first time, you could draw again to get the advantage. But if you don't get it a second time, then mm. you end up not voting at the next two tribal councils. We could, we, I'm sure, uh, I, I haven't looked at his Twitter yet. I'm sure Christian Hubicki could break down the entire math of this on his, uh, Twitter or on some, on, um, there, there's probably math behind it. I'm pretty sure if I'm doing the mental math in my head correctly, the, even if you don't get it the first time, the move is absolutely to draw it again because I'm pretty sure the odds are that, and again, if, if there are better math people, mental math people in the comments, you can let me know. Um, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that the odds are that if you don't get it the first time and then draw it again, 
you will probably get it the second time, but I don't know. Maybe it's just an equal chance. I don't know. It seems like it's the right move to, to draw, to draw twice. Look, first of all, can I just say that I I hated this? Maybe that's a hot take. I, I don't like that they were forced to draw because I don't like in survivor. And maybe this is me being an old head. Maybe this is me being an old school fan and not liking new stuff, but I don't like when they eliminate choice. I think choice is so important. Choice in the game of Survivor opens up more options and lets people. Um, it's just it's just the the essence of Survivor. It's kind of like why we don't like forced fire making because you eliminate the choice. You eliminate the vote at final four, and the vote is one of the most important things that you have. And to and in terms of math, I mean, if you do the math, you have a sixty six percent chance to lose your vote. And you don't have a choice. And in a tribe of six, early on, you lose your vote. We've seen, we we saw, even though Chanel made it to the merge in 42, that whole situation destroyed her game. Like no one could trust her really after that at all. Um, so if I was forced to draw and I lost my vote, I also would be curious to know what the percentages are, but I wouldn't draw again if I lost because to not have my vote at my first two tribal councils, if I'm in a spot where we go to tribal council a lot and the numbers are dwindling and things change in survivor day after day, especially in a 26 day game, I can't risk like Matt did. I can't risk not having my vote twice in a row because you could really be up a Creek at that point. Um, So I don't like that. It's forced. And I feel like if I didn't get it, I would just give up at that point. Um, And and it's ironic. We saw all three situations of this. We saw Matt fail twice. We saw um, Sarah fail once, but then get it. And then we saw Lauren get it on the first try. So Okay, so just to clear things up. And again, I'm not even sure. And here's one of the issues with this, ep- with this episode. If there were, you know, again, I thought it was a great premiere. This was all a little bit confusing. Like, I, I think yeah. if you're if you're a casual viewer, you're, you got to really like, I, it was hard for me to follow. And I, I was literally texting with my brother and we were still trying to figure it out. I'm sure like, it's still not completely clear what, what everything is. I'm sure that there were pictures floating around with the exact wording and stuff. stuff. Yep. We went over Lauren's thing. We saw her use it. We understand that. Okay. Sarah's advantage that she got. I, at first I was like, Whoa. And now I'm like thinking about it more and I'm like, well, I don't know. Is it overpowered? Is it not overpowered? Is it hard to use? Like, I can't really figure it out. And I think it all depends on like what the exact wording is of how to use it. And I don't know if you knew that, if that's been cleared up, but if you want to possibly get into that. Yeah. So we had two advantages in this situation. We had the inheritance advantage and the bank of vote. We saw the bank of vote, of, of course, um, which simply is that you just, you don't vote at one tribal and then you get that second vote in the future, which is a lot less strong than the inheritance advantage. I mean, obviously Lauren got the worst of the two. It's a worse extra vote essentially. And the inheritance is extremely, extremely strong. The way I understand it from what Dalton Ross has said and other people have asked Jeff about is, and maybe Jeff will go into it next week on the podcast because I think he said on the podcast next week he'll go into some idols and advantage stuff. But it sounds like when just it's it sounds like it works like the idol nullifier. When you go to vote, you have to put the inheritance trinket, whatever it's called, put that in the urn. So you're basically saying to Jeff, if any idol or advantage gets played during this vote, I will claim it after the vote happens. So if an idol gets played. And that was the other question people were saying, does it negate the thing being played? The idol or advantage gets played as it would normally. And then after tribal council, it goes back into the pocket of, of the inheritance person. 
with all of its full powers. So if so, for example, if um, let's just use this week for example, if um, Kane played his inheritance advantage and Brandon played his idol, Maddie still goes home, but then Brandon's idol would have gone back into Kane's pocket at the, like right after that. So that's how it essentially works. So it's not like it's not as overpowered as it could have been. It's not like Sarah stands up and says that advantage get, and I want all of your idols when she gets three idols at once. Like, it's not that powerful. Right. You still have to know when to use it, but just like the nullifier. So at, yeah. at first I thought at first when I, when she first read it, I thought that like everyone could get up and play an idol and then she could be like, I'm using this. That would have been crazy. So, all That's right, broken. That's broken. this, this, this makes it a little bit, I, I think this is, I actually like this now. I, okay. I'm, I'm changing, changing tune a little bit. I think I like it. Right. Because you have to know, in order for the, you, you to use this successfully, it's kind of like knowledge is power, but not knowledge is power. By the way, hopefully that doesn't come back. We'll see. We'll see. We'll have to see if it comes back. But like, you have to know that an idol is is coming is coming out the season. Like you have to know uh, that vote. You have to know that somebody's using an idol or using an advantage. So you have to know where the idols or advantages are before the tribal council mm-hmm. and who's using it. So mm-hmm. I, I think I like it. I think I like it. If if it's used if it's used correctly um it could really be a little bit overpowering but i think that it would take immense it would it would take a huge amount of skill dig a huge amount of skill for somebody to pull off an overpower version of this but it's but 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 given the fact that so many people are freaking sharing everything these days yeah it is it is worrisome that that sarah could end up with like four advantages after one tribal council it's not as bad as it could be. I agree. I still think it's really strong because you could you could also argue, well, the nullifier is not that strong because you have to know when someone's going to play an idol and you have to and you have to declare who it's going to be on. It's not like you, it's not like you you can just say with the nullifier, all idols played are canceled. You, you have to say, okay, Dan or Janet are playing their idols and then that cancels it. That being said, nullifier is still two for two. Like I still think when you have an advantage like this. Because of how much people talk and how, and, and I think you pick up on when people get certain vibes and like if someone declares they're going to play it or if somehow this can be carried into like the final six or seven and like it's the last night you can use something. I still think it's extremely strong, especially because it's not like you just cancel one idol like the nullifier. If multiple idols get played, you get everything. I still think it's extremely right. strong, so I don't love it, but it could have been worse. Right, right. So we'll see. We'll see what Sarah could pull off. But uh, she, if she has an incredible social game, then it's going to be interesting to watch. But uh, let's get to the immunity challenge. We don't have to talk too much about this. I want to kind of use this time to talk about uh, like the Green Tribe, the Soka Tribe, since we haven't really spoke about them yet. Yeah. Um, I saw people talking about this in the comments, and we predicted this in the uh, preview. They're they're not going to lose. Like I, I don't see how they lose. Um, they are completely. I I want to say they're stronger than everybody. And they just seem more athletic and more just better. Cha- we, we we predicted this and, and we literally, I said, I said, I don't think they're going to lose. So again, I hope that, uh, I, I wish there would be a, a tribe swap at some point before pre-merge. I don't think we're going to end up getting that, but nope. uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I just think, I, I think, I think Soka is, if you look at them, we didn't really get to see anything of Josh, but he, I'm pretty sure is a personal trainer. Am I wrong about that? Well, or, no, he's, no he's, he's a doctor, but we were saying that we would have predicted him to be a personal trainer because he looks like he's very fit. Right. So he's yeah. clearly, clearly athletic. Um, Danny is, I mean, looks like very strong based on what we see. We haven't seen too much of him, but seems pretty strong. Um, and then they also have 
you know, a bunch of other athletes on that. I remember Heidi in her, uh, in her bio was saying that she played a ton of sports. Um, and I'm, and I'm pretty Claire didn't play this challenge. I'm kind of blanking out on who else. Okay. Then there's Franny and Matt and Matt, Matt's pretty athletic. You know, seems like he could hold his own at least in challenges. Also. And, and Matt also led them in the slide puzzle. So they're the most well-balanced. Right. Like they have a lot of physical people and they're also puzzle, like very inclined with puzzles. Whereas purple Tika has a lot of great puzzle people like Carson and Helen, not the strongest tribe. So I think green is easily the most well-balanced, which is why we said they, they weren't going to lose. Um, speaking of Claire, cause Claire did sit out. I, Dylan, I love this. I love this from Claire. Um, people have been saying for a long time and maybe they just don't show it on, on the show, but people are saying, why don't we get a lot of cross tribe interactions either before the challenge, during the challenge or after, cause an Australian survivor, um, which by the way, I've been watching the heroes versus villains season. I said this to Dylan, by the way, if you're not watching Australian survivor heroes versus villains, you're missing out. It's one of the best seasons I've seen in a very long time. It's insane. But they talk after almost every challenge and they talk all the time. And I love the cross-tribal dynamics that happen and how certain people blow up certain people's games. Because Claire basically blew up Lauren's game in a way without even realizing it. Um, so and I and I wish more people would do this. Um, but basically, Claire goes to Matthew on the sidelines and she's like, Psst, hey. Did the person that go to Advantage Island, did they show you your notes or did they get it? And Matt and uh, Matthew was like, well, she told us she, she lost her votes. I mean, I guess we believe her, but that's what she told us. And and Claire goes, well, Matt on our team went and he showed us a note. Did they show you their note? And Matthew's like, she she didn't show us a note. Interesting. And, and now that led to Brandon and Matthew possibly looking to target Lauren here. And then at the end, Claire's like, I like you. We should work together. Like I, I, I love this from Claire just to begin with, and I think Claire will, will be great this season. But um, I just want I, I, more cross tribal dynamics. I literally was like almost unaware that like you could talk to each, like could talk you know, to each other. My sister, my sister texted me. She goes, "Are they I, allowed to do that?" I'm like, "Yeah." I, I texted my brother. I was like, "Wait." I was like, "Are they even allowed to do?" Because we just haven't seen it. So I was like thinking, yeah. I, you know, I was like, "Like, I, I we haven't seen that, right?" So. That again, they could have just not been showing it, but that was uh, really cool to see. I am a huge fan of Claire. I'm like very, very big fan of her. Yeah. Uh, I'll be rooting for this season, so we'll have to see what happens there. But uh, I would say she's off to a good start, in my opinion, because that was pretty funny to see. In case people didn't see, that was the other secret scene of the week. So nothing, nothing like too crazy or spoilery, but Claire basically on the Green Tribe. We see early on. We didn't cover this because Green just they didn't lose. They were kind of quiet tonight, but. Matt and Franny, which we'll see what happens with the preview, but uh, Matt and Franny make an alliance because they want to work together being, you know, similar and nerdy. Um, but in the secret scene, Claire seems to make an alliance with Franny and make an alliance with Matt. I don't know if it's a three-person alliance or if they're just two different pairs of two, but um, Claire basically seems to be positioning herself well on green and she and, and I, this is why i really like claire she points out like she doesn't say any names but she basically says look i want to play hard so i came out here to play hard but i really have to be mindful as adam klein says like to lower my threat level and not peak too early because she says a lot of big players in this new era she says they they peak right before the end and they don't make it so i need to play a, a strong game however i cannot peak too early so obviously she's talking about the shans the ricards the omers the jessies etc um but like she i think 
one episode in, I think Claire has the chops to be able to be that person who can play a under the radar game, but be very dominant as well. Hopefully. Yeah, I agree. I have, I have high hopes for her. Um, anything else before we get to questions? Let's see. I'm looking at my, we had a, a lot in our notes here. I'm trying to think we covered the advantages, the challenges we covered some of the, the nerdy stuff. I mean, I, I guess the only thing I would say Dylan is that I wish we saw and granted, this happens in the first episode of the new era with all the challenges and advantages. We just don't get to see a lot of the people a lot. I did enjoy some of the character moments, though. And this is why I think this is going to be a great cast. I think Jeff said this cast is great. He kind of threw shade on 43 and said that was an anomaly. We got this one right. Um, but he likes this cast, and I can see why. I think these, there's a lot of fun characters like like you know, like Yam Yam and Matthew and everything. I mean, Carson gained 30 pounds to come out here. Like, what do you say? Carson was like 115 and now he's like 140 something. So Carson put on 30 pounds. Uh, Carolyn is basically like Nora 2.0. No, Carolyn is crazy out there. Um, Heidi started the fire. So, I mean, I think there was a lot of small little character moments and I, and I hope we see even more of those next week. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Um, interesting. You brought up the point about Jeff throwing shade on 43. Look, I again, we get to oh. questions, but I, I personally, again, I liked 43 a lot. Uh, I, again, I, you know, I've spoke to how I didn't agree necessarily agree with the winner pick, but that doesn't always necessarily uh, indicate whether mm-hmm. I'll like a season or not. I thought the cast was good for 43. So if, mm-hmm. if, if he, if Jeff really likes 44, then I have high hopes. So we'll see what happens. I will say, Jay pointed this out. One thing I forgot to mention before we get to questions is the other strategy piece that we did see post Bruce's medevac. We did see a threesome of Carson, Sarah, and Helen pop up. So it looks like right now on purple, Yam Yam and uh, Carolyn would be on the outs. And Carolyn even pointed out, like, people aren't coming up to me. That makes me nervous. Should I go up to people? Should I not? It's an interesting question. But um, we did see after Bruce left, it looks like Carson and the girls, um, not Carolyn, seemed to make a, a three-person group. Speaking of that, uh, and we haven't mentioned her too much. I'm a huge fan of Helen also. So I think, me too. Me too. yeah. Um, all right, let's get to questions. So I'm scrolling through here and Ryan, you could scroll through also. And if you, if you see any before me, then we could go right there. All right. Um, let's see. Trying to see something. Um, while we're looking for questions, Dylan, I, I don't know if you saw this from uh, Marianne's interview with Rob, but do you know about the Curse, curse of the M's? The Curse of the M's? I uh, don't think so. So a pair, and this is, I, I think this has actually been proven except for like one or two exceptions, but like 99% of the time or 95% of the time, apparently any female in a new player season that starts with an M, I guess they go out first. And that happened to Mariah last season. That happened to Mariah the season before. It, it, so I so ironically, I was like, oh crap, Maddie's in danger, but I didn't even realize that. Um yeah, I don't see a lot of questions at the top. I'm kind of going down here. I'm looking for any any other comments. Yeah, so okay. This is it. So this goes back to our question about uh savvy or savvy versus sweat. Uh yeah, they need to change it. What would be a good switcheroo for savvy sweat? Uh Jay says. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, but they didn't always have savvy or sweat, so uh, I don't necessarily mind, you know, going back to just either just going right to camp, maybe without like, obviously they play for rewards. So maybe you just send them right back to camp with like, you know, not, you know, some, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, 
You know what it is? I, I, I just still go back to the thought process. And again, I, I try to be fair. I try, I try to balance my old school and new school mindset. And I try to find like what's the best way for the show to go forward. I just feel like you don't need it. I, I just feel like you don't need that much. I feel like all you need is the characters. If you have a great cast, I say just let them shine. Just let, let them cook. I Just let them play. You don't need to have Advantage Island. You don't need to have savvier sweat like again australian survivor this recent season there's no advantages it's just literally regular idols and that's it and you just let the people play so i don't even think you need another type of savvier sweat i think if 45 and let, let's let's pretend for the sake of argument they don't do returnees yet let's just say with bruce and stuff they make 46 returnees and they get like another one last cast of all newbies you get like 18 what is it like you could do like 18 times five you say okay we are going to have a pool of 90 people to pick from let's just say for 46, just give them idols and that's it. Like you don't need to keep evolving it in different ways. Like the show will still be very interesting, but we'll see. <laughs> okay, here's a good question. This is this is pretty funny. Uh UNC Andre wants to know if Sarah gets an idol, plays the idol, and the inheritance in, uh advantage in the same tribal, does she get her idol back? <laughs> if it's if it's not in the rules, then yes. If 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 if, if it doesn't say in the parchment, like note it can't be any of your stuff as long as this doesn't say that that's the big brain play right there that is that is interesting and i have not thought about that but that is a big big brain play for sure i like that um, if, if i had to if, if i had to guess i mean yeah jay, jay does say like doesn't it say like all advantages played i'm guessing i'm guessing that's correct i would let again i would like to see a copy of the parchment where it says like at the bottom except for ones that you play, but I guess we'll see. This is why I don't, I said to you in the, in the new era, they should just have a URL link at the bottom of the screen when an advantage pops up and just give us a link to a page where we can read what the note says. Cause now we have to play detective and kind of go back and try to look for where the notes are and like what the rules are. So. All right. We got another question from Ohio state for the win here. He says, who impressed you most in the premiere and who impressed you least? I would say the most impressive was, probably helen for me right i think every time she came on the screen i was like she knows what she's doing she's very good socially she was good at the puzzle she solved the the savvy like i i was like very very impressed with helen so i would say probably her and then uh least impressive that's tough to say um because i think ch things could change on a dime um mm. I, again, it would have. I feel like it would have to be, like it, it's tough for me to say Brandon because he saved himself with the idol, but like also like he put himself in that spot. But like I, I was not too impressed with him. Yeah, so I actually have different answers on this. It's kind of interesting because it's the first episode, so we can go wherever with this. Um, I, again, I love Helen. I from her bio, I just feel like we didn't see enough of her other than her performance on the Savvy Challenge. Because on the puzzle, I, I guess she was the caller. So she did a great job in the challenges. Um, for me, I have two answers for this. I think Claire impressed me the most because I think Claire – and I wish we saw that secret scene of her building those bonds instead of some other stuff. But Claire is already building bonds, which is great early on, putting herself in a majority or at least three out of six. And the fact that she tried to make a cross-tribal bond with Matthew and also get information on their tribe's dynamics with the advantage – I love that from Claire. So Claire impressed me the most. I'll give one other answer and I'll say, I think even though Lauren kind of got her spot blown up by Claire a little bit, 
I was very impressed with Lauren's mind for the game because not only did Lauren try to lie a little bit about the idol, and I always say with the Advantage Island, like you can't lie too much because people can call your bluff if they go to the island themselves and they see like what's out there. She gave them like a half truth, half lie, and I think she did pretty good there until Claire kind of blew up her spots. However, the other thing that impressed me about Lauren was that apparently, don't did you, did you catch that like she she was the one who like filled the bag with rocks that they picked, so she stacked she stacked the box. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I would say Claire impressed me the most, and then Lauren had I think a good mind for the game. So I'll say those two. And unfortunately, and I think the internet's going to kill me here. I think Carolyn impressed me the least, not only because she had a really bad challenge performance in the first uh, reward challenge, but Carolyn also is already on the outs. And if people either like Yam Yam more or Yam Yam is better in the challenges, Carolyn is easily the next one to go. So I would say Carolyn for the least. Yeah, I, I think I think you make good point. I was by the way, Helen. We got less of strategy wise in terms of like Lauren. Lauren, I thought was extremely impressive as well. Right? That's I, I'll I'll say like I honestly like I, you know, I'm not looking at a list right in front of me. So it's <laughs> not my head. Uh, but yeah, Lauren was very impressive. Claire was very impressive, and yeah. Um, so I agree with you there. And now, so this is another question that I think multiple people asked. So I'm going to go to it next. Uh, multiple people have this. So last question I have for both of you from Ohio State. He says, who do you think is in the biggest trouble for each of the tribes after the first episode? What do you think, Ryan? Good question. I mean, it's tough after only one episode because things can, I mean, things can change. I mean, we can go back to any number of seasons and say, oh, this person's fine. And then next episode, like, oh, here, here's a perfect example. Last, I was going to go back into Survivor history. Let's just look at last season. If you told me before, after NECA got voted out in episode three, if you told me, oh, Lindsay's the next one out in episode four, I would have said, what did Lindsay do wrong? Like, like, why is Lindsay in trouble? It would be Geo. And then Lindsay went completely paranoid in that episode. So it's so hard to tell. But as of right now, I will say Kane is in trouble on Orange just because he's the only person who wrote Brandon's name down that's still there. And he was aligned with Maddie. So Kane could be in trouble. Maybe Jamie. I would say Kane or Jamie for Orange. Purple Carolyn, I think that's pretty clear to me. And green, that's tough because we really didn't see green that much. I mean, I could throw a dart and I and I could just say I predict the next person to go to the island, whether it's Josh or Heidi, that person will be the next target on that group. That's my guess, but I, I don't know. So I don't think we've got a lot from Green to give us that info because we got the idea. We got the uh, somebody somebody compared this in the in the chat also we we got the luvu vibes from them like everything going great never gonna lose so i i don't really know if uh if i know for that tribe but i would say i agree with you and so in terms of like positioning kane is in trouble but i think it's gonna be jamie next if i had to predict mm -hmm. um and then carolyn i would also agree is not in a great spot but who oh, knows? Well, well green the only thing the only thing i will say is that unless something drastic changes up i do think to answer the question it would be to me either Josh, Danny, or Heidi, because it sounds like Claire is in good with Franny and Matt. And I think right. well, that puts them in a majority. Well, well or I, tied for majority. I, I think let, let's talk about that quickly because it was it was in the uh it was in the preview. So we'll we'll kind of end on this and any last second questions that come in. Yeah. But clearly seems like there could be some kind of showman's coming between Matt and Franny. I'm wondering <laughs> if you're if you're Claire. Yeah, if you're if you're Claire, uh, is is that the right place to align yourself 
Um, that, that being said, I, I think, I think Claire is going to end up being in with everybody. Like, I think she's going to be one of those players. So I don't think it'll be an issue, but I'm, so I'm for sure concerned, especially because I'm pretty high on both Matt and Franny, but like that, it never, like it never works. It never works. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe people won't see it. Maybe people will see, say that it's obvious and it's happened and like they're showmats or they're like a power power couple, but like, I, I don't know. It, it's impossible to tell based on five seconds of, uh, and again, if they, if they never lose in the pre-merge, like I don't think they're going to lose too much. It may not be an issue. So Dylan, when I told you, when I tell you, Jeff teases up the season and goes, there might be a showmance. I'm like, there's no way. I mean, survivor showmances don't happen really anymore. I mean, if I can, I can count on one hand survivor showmances. I can go Robin Amber. I can go Figgy and Taylor. I can go Ozzy and Amanda. And I could stretch and I could say like, um, I'm trying to think about who else. Because apparently Jeff was like, oh, Dan and Kara were a showmance in David versus Goliath. I'm like, well, that was really one-sided from Dan's perspective. I don't think Kara was interested at all. And it ca- and so, I mean, they don't happen that often, the showmances. But then again, when they do work, they can go pretty far. Um, I think Claire, I think it's no problem if she wants, if, if Matt, Matt and Franny seem to be a showmance or they seem to be very close, I think Claire wants to team up with them because I feel like, you're not the target in that spot. Like even with Figgy and Taylor, like Adam was aligned with them and he actually ended up being the swing vote because Ken and Jessica wanted to take out Figgy. Um, So if Matt and Franny are a very obvious pair and I hope for their sake, they don't make it obvious. Claire would be like, well, I'll just buddy up with them because one of them will get booted. um, And if I stick with them and they keep power, it's a three person block. So I I don't see why Claire wouldn't want to work with the showman's possibly. That is a good point you make, right? It could end up being the swing vote and like Millennials Gen X that did happen. But I think we could wrap up here. I have one more thing, Dylan. One One last thing. So it's not a question, but I saw this on Twitter and I wish I took a picture of it to see who tweeted it out to give them credits. So first of all, by the way, can we just mention the, the, the theming this season? The castle theming... The sword and shield, uh, um, tribal idol, the castle, a tribal council. I love the medieval theming this season. I think it's really cool. What I wanted to bring up to you, unless you had, you had a quick thought on that. Oh no, no, no! I, I, I think it's cool. Also, I just, um, I, I don't know if it'll come through on the podcast, but if you looked at the voting booth, there is, I don't know if you can see, there's a chessboard at tribal council. Now, uh, people were someone in the chat was like, when are they going to have an Adam Klein idol when they hide an idol right at Tribal Council, like Adam once did in Winners at War? I people were pointing out this because like a giant chessboard is at the, the podium. Someone was like, and I wish I saw this person on Twitter. I, I think I can give them credit. Someone was like, what if one of the pieces is like the king is an actual idol, or if you like checkmate the king, you get an idol. Like I, I think it's so weird that there's a check chessboard at the. Do you find that weird at all or no? Maybe it's just the middle medieval theme. I don't know, but I think it is an, an open opportunity. And uh, again, you it, you can listen to Jeff's podcast. Um, but he also spoke about the tribal uh, tribal council set, and he's like, the set for this season is amazing. He's like, you'll see how like uh, he's like later in the season, like you'll see how the set comes into play or something like that. I, I, he didn't, I don't know. I, he didn't he didn't necessarily like he didn't necessarily just phrase it that way. I, I'm just like how I how I. Uh, interpreted i should say right but he said something like uh you'll see as the season goes on how amazing it is or something like that um 
and and how yeah some he said something like that that i thought was like a little bit of a weird comment maybe i'm just overreading it but um look i the chessboard was interesting and i was thinking about that and they they made sure they showed it last night in the like they showed kane i think looking down he was like this he's like this is sick like whatever mm-hmm. and like so i don't know we'll see what happens with it that'd be cool um but yeah Thank you, everybody, for watching live. Uh, we had a ton of comments tonight, maybe close to a record, honestly. So thank you, everybody, for interacting. Really appreciate it. We'll be back next week, likely on Thursday once again. We'll let everybody know on timing there. Um, but once again, thank you, everybody. Be sure to like the video on the way out. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Really, really helps us out. Fill the comments with any questions you have. And, yeah, that's about it. One, se- one episode down, about uh, 12 or 13 more to go. Uh, grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night.